0: Hello and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is making career choices. I'm Hannah, your host, and I'm joined by two
1: guests. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please could you just introduce yourselves? Yes, thank you very much, Hannah. So my name is Sarah Fox, and I'm the Director of Employability at Lancaster University, um, and I've been in that role for two years. Um, Prior to that, I've been working um, in careers, helping um, students and graduates for the past nearly 20 years, in fact, um, and I've come through as a careers consultant, offering guidance, and more latterly, um, as a careers consultant, but focusing on offering careers and employability teaching in the curriculum.
2: Thank you. Elaine? Hi Hannah. Well my name's Elaine Davis and I'm a Careers Consultant working in the Careers Service and I teach um, career development across most of the departments in the University and also offer one-to-one Careers Guidance appointments. Um, I've worked in the University for over 26 years and in that time I've helped thousands of students in my time who were struggling to make a career choice. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, So obviously
0: the main point of this podcast is to help people make careers choices. So you both, you speak to students on a regular basis um, to help them with their career choices. What are the key concerns that students have when they talk to you about their career
1: choices? Well, um, Hannah, the They have a real wide variety of concerns and perhaps if I touch on some that I've experienced I'm sure Elaine will be able to complement me with many (laughs) others. I think one of the chief concerns is um, that students will um, sort of engage with careers quite nervously because they feel that they ought to perhaps have some idea of what they want to do when they have none Um, and that's that's absolutely fine and that's that's certainly what we're here to help with. So that's that's one of the concerns. Um, There's often a number of other concerns as well well, and they can be um, external factors for the students. So it might be um, pressures that they're experiencing. Um, They might feel that they've got no time to focus on their career because of the demands of their studies. They might feel that um, their friends and colleagues are further ahead in their career planning and they're starting to feel like they're falling behind. So there's a tremendous range out there. But We're very experienced as you can tell from our introduction and um, we're very used to such issues and we really look forward to helping students with no matter how big or how small those issues seem to them that's what we're here for
2: yeah I agree I agree with you Sarah lots of the students we see come in quite worried really and the first thing they usually say is I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do and (laughs) everybody else is all sorted out um, and I'm not sorted at all um so the first thing we say is don't panic you're in the right place and we can help you with that Um some of them as well recently i've talked to quite a few final year students who are really concerned that because they don't know what they want to do they are missing deadlines for applications and they're worried they're going to miss the boat and again we can just sit down calmly and talk through all the issues and concerns they've got absolutely that's great
0: so what do people want from work generally when you're talking to them?
1: Well, again, Hannah, that's a really um, varied response depending <laughs> on who you're talking to. And and actually, it varies over time. Um, you can tell mm. that Elaine and I have been working with um, students offering guidance for many years. And I don't know about Elaine, I suspect she'll comment after this, but we do see sort of different trends in different mm. years. Um, and that But but I think students and graduates have never been more um, aware of um, what they're looking for, what's important to them and um, things like work-life balance and the working environment, even if they don't know exactly what they want to do, it's really refreshing that students uh, seem to be becoming increasingly self-aware and realizing that if they can identify um, certain aspects of, of their future working life, such as it might be salary, it might be location, um, it might be the physical environment that they're in, it might be whether they want to work more individually or within a team, I'm thinking about myself as as well as students that I've worked (laughs) with some really like to have um, a very structured working environment with deadlines and goals and repeated um, check-ins and other students prefer a much more um, relaxed approach where they are kind of in charge of their own timeline and destiny but again These are all things that can be applied to a number of different careers and that's what we're here to help students and graduates with in terms of looking at all these different um, factors that are important to them and then thinking about what jobs they might feature in or apply to that they could perhaps invest again.
2: I think that's that's right, really, Sarah. I mean, one of the things I always say to students is this is where you should start when you're thinking about careers. Don't think about your careers and lists of career titles, but actually think about yourself and what you're looking Mm. for. And everybody's different. So everybody's got different priorities and what they want to get out of work. You know, maybe, you know, a lot of students will say to me, well, I want to do something that I'm good at, that use a talent or a skill I've got. I might want to use the degree I've got or I might never want to use that degree again. I just want <laughs> to get to the end of it. Um, so some people's salary is really important and they'll they'll ask about the salary or they might ask about the location or they might say I want to be in lots of different locations and, and want to travel. Some people are very goal-orientated, they want a career where they can get promotion and get on quite quickly and they'll be targeting different careers. But I think that conversation either with, with yourself as an individual or with career staff is really important because once you can work out what the criteria is that you're going to use to match yourself against different careers, then you've got something to start with really.
1: I think that's that's absolutely true, Elaine. And I think another thing as well is that there may be students and graduates listening to this and thinking, well, actually, I'm sort of stepped back from that. I don't know what is important to me, you know, what I do want um, in a job or within a career. And that's perfectly okay. And, and we in the Careers Service are really happy to go right back to the beginning with anybody who sort of chooses to engage with us and, and come to us for careers guidance and say, well, what, what makes you happy? What, what parts of your degree do you enjoy? What are the subject areas that you love? Because at the end of the day, if you do, you know, it's a, it's a very well-worn cliche, but if you're doing a job that you love, you don't feel like you're working, well, start start with the things that you enjoy and the things you really like um, and go on from there. And again, that, that doesn't sound like it's a careers discussion, but it actually is. It can be the really early days of, of starting to manage your career.
0: Absolutely. And so we've talked about some of the internal motivators that are really going to make a difference in career choices. But actually, what kind of influence do other people have on people's decisions and their career choices? Do you want to go first, Elaine, on that
2: one? Mm. (laughs) There's a lot of research that says that your parents can be a major influencer um, and that could be a very supportive influence sort of the power behind you taking you in the direction that you want to go or for some people it, it's a barrier and again being able to just talk about how that feels and what you'd like to do about that situation can be really important um, so there are people that can influence you in a very positive way to support any plans that you've got and work out who that person is in your life who can actually support you
1: um, i think i would add to that as well um the par- parents are um often do feature but um i think one of the things that s- often surprises um, all of us um and certainly some of the people that i talk to a- about in terms of influences work experience so um often i've spoken in the past with students and graduates who've had a part-time job and and they've come and, and said well it's, it's just you know it's just a way of earning money but then when you sort of look at that a bit more deeply and say, well, you know, you've done this job for quite a long time. You fitted it in around your studies. What what do you enjoy about it? And then they start to pick out things like it might be the the team of students that they're working with as well and they're getting paid for it perhaps or um, they like the, the working environment. And then as they, they, they do that, they suddenly realise that they're extracting parts of that part-time job, and it might be volunteering, that might not necessarily be paid, that they'd actually like to incorporate into their working life in the future. So I would say um, really anything like volunteering or work experience or sort of things outside your studies actually can be quite um, a strong influence uh, and uh, factors in terms of influencing career choice and career management. Absolutely. So practically, how would you encourage students to consider
0: the things that they've done, whether that's their degree or their work experience, volunteering, campus activities, anything like that, and work out what their strengths actually are and the things that they enjoy?
2: I think the the first thing to do is is to actually look at everything you've done, maybe recently, maybe a few years ago, and think about what is it about those things that you really enjoyed, or what is it about those things that you didn't like. So it could be, as Sarah says, the work experience, it could be a student society, um, something which develops skills in you, maybe challenges you, tests you in some way, um, and helps you work out what you actually like and don't like. Um, you can do um, quite a few different tests as well on the careers website. You'll find tests on, you know, what are your interests, what's your personality like, that sort of thing, and they're not tools to actually tell you what careers you should do sometimes people come to me and said oh I did this computer test and it told me I should be this (laughs) a computer can't do that Um, but what a computer (laughs) can do is to give you a chance to reflect back on the implications Mm. of what you've said about you know your personal behaviors and also about your interests. and then think about it and think do I believe this is this right for me talk it through with somebody and that can get you to the first stage of sort of a list of careers that you can start researching. Um, and when you do get these computer-generated list of careers, it's a really good idea not to just automatically reject job titles that you've never heard of before, or you automatically mm-hmm. think don't suit you, but to actually read up about it and see whether those careers actually might be suitable and why those careers might have been suggested. And then you need to go through lots of stages. So you could go through the research stage, but then you need to go through the test stage where you're actually talking to people who do the job um, you're going to careers events and talking about the job you're talking to employers and alumni and you're testing all the time and thinking oh is that what I thought does that make sense does it still make sense for me and then ideally you're trying it out as well so you're doing work experience or voluntary work and again you're testing out is that job right for me going back to your criteria do I really want a job that involves this much travel, these particular skills and so you're gradually building towards a decision because I think that's the most important thing about career choice that it's not one decision that you make and you stick with that you know for life or even right up to applying for jobs you change, the opportunities change and you gradually keep reimagining what that decision is for you and what would work best for you at the time absolutely
1: I think it's um I think everything Elaine said there is really valid and so helpful to listen to as students. Mm-hmm. And I think Elaine's touched on something really interesting there that I've noticed. Um because if you sort of um, when you're talking to somebody and you, you want to encourage them to think about what their strengths are and what they're good at, as per your question, Hannah, that can be very difficult for people to do. And I think sometimes it's good to to, to, to get them to think. Well, what's your learning style? How do you learn best? Are you somebody who likes to sit down and draw a mind map? Are you somebody who, le- like me, learns by making mistakes? That's my best way of learning. <laughs> and uh, and sometimes if you've got somebody um, there who who says, well, okay, my the best the best way for me of learning is, is a mind map. Then then it's easy to easier perhaps to get them to sort of draw out. Um, Things that they think they might be good at or they're interested in or you know they might be very good at managing their time for example but they've perhaps got no no leadership experience today but if you're really sort of um, thinking how, how can I do this I don't know where to start one way that I quite like is say you could say to somebody or say to yourself or even ask people what three words might a friend or a work colleague use to describe me and that could be a really good starting point because and it can be quite surprising um you know pick your people (laughs) carefully but it's usually quite flattering (laughs) but you know they might come back and say things like um organized assertive decisive um you know very accommodating and then then that that You might not agree with it, but it will then start to get you thinking, well, am I that? Why do they say that? And you can ask for examples, perhaps. And then that can gradually get you into that reflection on what your strengths are and what you enjoy. Because if you've never kind of reflected on this thing, this sort of thing before and and, and thought about yourself in terms of your skills and your competencies and what you enjoy, you know, why would you? It's not something we would automatically take time out to do until perhaps this point when we're starting to think about the next step in a career. Um, something like that, an exercise like that can be really helpful. But it does come a little bit back, I, I think, to learning styles. So some people like myself would really welcome the computer sort of programs that Elaine referred to. Other people perhaps, you know, maybe more formal basis but again in careers we we have those tools um, at our disposal if you like and um, and, and we work with you to, to make it as easy and as effective for you as possible to do that.
0: Absolutely and if you want to find out more about the um, thing that Sarah was talking about with the three words we actually talk about that in our personal branding podcast and um, so check that one out um, it was in this series a couple of episodes ago and um, so if you want to find out more that's a really good thing to listen to as well. So when students and graduates have considered all these different options that you've talked about, sometimes there are multiple options that they might have in front of them. What advice would you give to students and graduates who are having to make decisions about this?
2: I think the first thing to do is to make sure you've got a list of all the options so you put everything down um, and then think about the pros and cons. Try doing that kind of list But then attached to that, well, what are the values behind those pros and cons? Why do you want to do that? Why is that a positive? Why is that a negative? And having that kind of discussion can help you get a little bit closer to what you're actually thinking about. Because sometimes, you know, if somebody said to you, you've got two options, if somebody forced you to take option one instead of option two, how would that feel? And sometimes just that reaction, like an emotional reaction, can actually kickstart a process for why do you feel that? Why would it be? And then and then talking it through, but. I think all the way through, you know, as a careers person, one of the main things I would say <laughs> is talking always helps. Mm-hmm. Actually seeing what you think by saying it to somebody else and getting some reaction and feedback. And that can be, I've mentioned careers people, but it could be all sorts of people in your life who you feel would have an angle. So it could be academic staff, it could be employers, mm-hmm. could be friends, could be family, but actually sharing your concerns always helps. Um, i should also say in the worst case scenario, If you do make what you feel is the wrong decision for you, um, then few decisions are irreversible. You know, there is always a way around. You know, if you choose a grad scheme instead of a postgrad course, you can do the postgrad course afterwards or vice versa. And actually, most of the graduates will be working for the next 40 or 50 years. (laughs) Um, So one little bend in the road, it doesn't make much difference to that kind of career pathway. Um, And also every decision you make, even if you think it's the wrong one, means you'll learn about yourself and you'll build new networks and new skills and you'll learn what you like and what you don't like. So you're still moving towards a really good career decision for you, even if you feel you've made a wrong decision.
1: Absolutely. Um, yes that's that's it, Elaine's really kind of summarized that really well but I there's a couple of points I'd probably add on to that I think the first thing is um, you you know, it's really important, as Elaine says, to, to talk to as many people and to reflect and to look at the pros and cons. And, and also, as Elaine said, you know, if it's the wrong decision, um, very few are irreversible. But I think um, one thing to remember is perhaps, you know, make a decision for the next six to 12 months only. I think before people engage with careers, they think that a, a, managing your career is thinking in terms of the next 40 or 50 years. And realistically, it isn't. It, it may only be the six next six or 12 months and that can take some of the pressure off i think as well um, and and really help make that decision um and i think the other thing as well which is shouldn't be ignored is on paper you can you know metaphorically or literally list the pros and cons and share them with people and one option may look good but there may be something about it that doesn't feel right you know you may have a job offer on the table which is um in the location you want and the salary pays well but there could be something that's just stopping you jumping for joy and I do think that career instinct is really important to not just listen to but talk about with somebody so for example and Hannah you can take this out the podcast if you want but when I graduated (laughs) um I did from an environmental sciences degree, I went for an interview at the local council for an environmental housing um, officer job and it looked great and they did the interview and then at the end of it they turned around and said well we've got all the staff we need on this but we actually need a chartered accountant and we would pay for all your training and you can become an accountant and they, they offered me a career option on a plate in a location that I wanted with a really good salary and it was something I'd never considered before and it looked, it looked a great offer, but something about it, just I just thought I just wouldn't be happy doing this. It's not me. And so I said no with with a lot of trepidation because it wasn't a great time to be finding a job. But you know what? I've never regretted it for a nanosecond to this day. So I do think there's something about that that instinct you know that happiness Mm -hmm. instinct you know there's so many pressures on people today and um, mental health is so important that Mm -hmm. even if something looks right and everybody's telling you it's right but there's something that you're not happy about listen to that voice I would say and and that will help Mm -hmm. you make the right decision even if to perhaps everybody in the first instance it doesn't look like it it probably is in the long term.
2: I think that's right I think I think the other thing students sometimes tend to do is try to make a decision before they've got enough information so they do have a feeling that do I want to work for this particular company or do I want to work in this job and because through LinkedIn we've got a really useful Lancaster University alumni network the chances are that somebody on that network works for that company or does that job and could be a sounding board for your worries because it's somebody actually internal to the job or the organization and you can Talks through you know some of the things that worry you about that, and see whether that rings through. You know, just talking to a few people.
1: Yeah, it can be quite daunting, sort of approaching um, Lancaster alumni um, in the first instance, be it through LinkedIn or elsewhere. But it, from my experience, having having worked and liaised with an awful lot of them, they are always so willing and able to help. And and if you're listening to this podcast, you might find yourself in that position yourselves in a few years' time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can answer questions that about working somewhere or in a particular job that you, you can't get that information online or from the formal job application process. And it can really help the decision-making processes. It's, it's a really rich resource. And as Elaine says, I'd really encourage you, if you can, to tap into it. But again, that's something in careers we can give you guidance on, on how to approach mm, people.
0: Definitely. So once students have kind of worked out their rough options, how important is a specific plan?
2: I think there are two types of people. Some people, like me, (laughs) are really into planning and structure and like to know what's happening next and have a goal and a plan. Other people like to go with the flow, uh, and there's nothing wrong with either style, whatever is your natural style, that's absolutely fine. But I would suggest that whatever your style preference it's a good idea to have a loose plan, to know vaguely the direction you want to go into, um, working towards a particular career or, or a particular employer, because then you'd be more alert to any opportunities that arise. So you'd be more tuned in to finding work experience or voluntary work or going to events where that company's presenting or going to the careers talks. And you might even be more motivated to prepare Before you go, and think about what questions you might talk, you know, ask at the event. How you might talk to the employer um, and find out some, again, insider information about those options. So I don't think you need an absolutely clear, definite career plan because life's not like that. You know, there's there's many a turn (laughs) in the road. But it would be really useful to actually do things like pick the right experience, the right voluntary work that would help you move in a particular direction. I mean, there is a lot of talk about people accidentally getting their dream job um but I'm not a big believer in total accidents Um, I'm a believer in planned accidents where you are in the right place with the right people saying the right things because you've previously done the right research because you've got yourself there Um, and being in a place where you can make the most of those opportunities is, is
1: really useful yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I don't believe in planned planned accidents, career-wise um, anyway, because it, quite often um, we see students and graduates who are really worried because they look at friends and colleagues who seem to have, seem to, and I emphasize the word seem, to have effortlessly got themselves a graduate job or onto um, a programme of postgraduate study. But the thing is, behind that achievement, the chances are, and they're very high chances, there has been a huge amount of planning, preparation, gaining relevant work experience, um, talking and being proactive in learning from the right people, people in in related work, Um, so whilst it might look like they've just applied for the first graduate scheme and got that um, job, the chances are before then they've got relevant work experience, they've done an awful lot of research, as Elaine says, on that company, they have practised all the different processes leading up to that final interview, including things like assessment centres and video interviews and psychometric tests. So I do think it's important to have a plan, but I do think it's important to have some flexibility in that plan because, for example, you might have your heart set on a particular graduate scheme um, or a job that might require some experience or a skill you just haven't had that opportunity to develop yet. So you may have to go sideways before going forwards to get that particular role. So for example, sometimes we work with students who really would like to get into marketing or digital marketing, but um, whilst um, those kind of Um, job offers will accept students and graduates from any discipline they might not have had the relevant work experience so perhaps you might have to work for a year perhaps getting some relevant experience and then try for that graduate scheme for example or that particular job just so you're prepared and you're ready and and that can be part of a plan Um, so it's not necessarily a linear plan that I would um, advise students to have, but I certainly <laughs> encourage you to, to listen to people to say, well, hang on, one, one way you could get to that next step is to do this move sideways and then move forwards after that a bit like chess, I guess. <laughs> for sure. Um, so we've covered so much stuff today and I know
0: there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, but what are your kind of final takeaway tips for students and graduates who are in that process of making career decisions?
2: Um, I would say to start your career choice early, um, as early as you can and start building a picture of your strengths and your talents and your interests and the factors that will influence your career choice and consider all your possibilities. Um, one of the things I, I sometimes say to students is, you know, if anything was possible, what would you do for your career? What would you do? And then why isn't it possible? And look at the reasons behind that you know real or imagined barriers um, it gives a really good insight into your career motivation and values and then you could talk about this to your friends and your family um, or the careers consultant and try and work out what you really want to do with your life rather than barriers that may not actually exist when you talk it through with people. Um, I'd say don't worry too much about making the perfect career choice after university. Um, As I have said, it would be great if you could, but it's not the end of the world if you don't. You can do lots of interesting things and sometimes the career you think um, is the one you've settled for, if you like, not the dream career, may end up to be perfect for you. Um, And I think the starting point is to talk through your ideas. Um, and that's what careers appointments are all about. Um students are constantly telling us how much careers appointments help. And the most common thing that students say at the end of a careers appointment is, thanks so much. I feel so much better now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my top tips would be, um, first of all, don't worry. Um, that's easier said than done, but a good way to stop worrying is to share a problem and do come to careers to do that and talk through your concerns with one of our um, professional career staff. And that applies to both students and graduates, either face to face or online, as we're currently offering at the moment. Um, and the second um, top tip I've got is um, st- start all this early. You know, um, as I said, I mentioned previously, and this rather depends on the, the edits, but. Um, if you have got a plan and and you start working on it however loosely um, from the beginning of your un- time at university it will fi- feel much less pressured and more enjoyable and hopefully be more successful you know when you're, you're at that final application stage be it for a job or for postgraduate study and also but also um, don't don't be concerned about engaging with careers to help you, even if you feel like you've left it really late. It's your final year. We, we strongly encourage you to come before that. But if you come, you know, even after you've graduated to see us for the mm-hmm. first time, please don't worry about it. We're friendly. Um, it's our job to help you and to, um, to to help you achieve what you want to do. Um, we are trained to be objective, uh, confidential, and um, you can you can be really assured that if you you're worried about coming to see us because you haven't started your career planning we won't be worried, we'll just do everything we can to help you get to where you're sure. hoping to be and, and to identify that if necessary. And then my final tip is, if you're listening to this and thinking I really, i still got no idea, I still don't know where to start, um, I would just say, um, if you can, and not everybody has the capacity to do this, but look up from your degree programme and, and all the work you have to do for that if you if you do have capacity and just engage, if however small in other things, be it an hour or two is volunteering perhaps or some sport or you know the employment and recruitment service on campus offers jobs ranging from just a few hours to like regular part-time work so you know if you haven't got much capacity there's, there's still something you can do and sometimes it, it, it makes you nervous and it feels hard to go and, and get a job in a new environment but I'm sure that you'll find that there'll be some learning from it um, that will help you with your career management and your um, decision-making, and that can only be a good thing.
0: Definitely. This has been a really interesting conversation, and we hope it's been interesting for you who are listening. So thank you especially to my brilliant guests. Um, This is the last in the series of podcasts, um, so thank you all so much for listening, and we want to wish you all the best in your future. Bye!